Welcome to The Natural Underground, the official radio show and podcast of the natural food industry. I'm your host, Al Springer. This program is brought to you by New Brand University, the educational arm, or shall we say elbow? Let's do a different body part each week until they kick us the off knee. the air. Until one of the times it's funny. Yeah. Oh, oh, nice. The educational arm of the touch agency. Since 1998, we've helped build out over 100 of the most successful natural brands on the planet. We're so happy you're here to chat with us. Joining me in the studio today, an expert team of brand builders. We've got Linda, our brand strategy and consumer marketing shaman. Namaste. Okay, I like it. <laughs> Jessalyn, our wizard of all things social media and digital marketing. Wizardry right here. That's where it well, I liked what's good better. That was uh, last week, I think you hit me I'm with I'm trying what's to keep good. it fresh. Keep it yeah. fresh. <laughs> and of course, our witch doctor for all new product launches, Ryan. Hello. You know, speaking of cool titles, my full name is Alfred. I don't like to tell people that, but when I coached a girl's soccer team, when my daughter had a soccer team, the one of the girls did a little research and found out that Alfred means counselor to the elves or king of the fairies. Aww. That is some rough stuff right there. Yeah. It's phenomenal. <laughs> it is. I think maybe today we're just, we're just counselor to natural tiny brands. That's really <laughs> what we're I'll doing. I'll have your new business cards next week. <laughs> there you Excellent. go. Excellent. <laughs> Let's kick off the show. It's our weekly celebration of the least healthy food label that we could find this week. We call it Six Feet Under. Six feet underground. There's no coming back. Nice. Scarier than the label every time you hear that voice. Okay, now we've all agreed we're not going to say the brand name here because we have a very tiny budget for legal action. And we're <laughs> guessing that a large brand that we mention and then make fun of would probably sue us. So we're not going to do that. Today's honoree we'll describe. It's your classic convenience store Meat stick. Mm -hmm. Stick of meat. That's right. I, I find anything that has to be shaped into something different than what it is is probably a sign of how far away from natural it's getting. Right. Let's take a look at this nutritional uh, label. Uh, Linda, you got any facts for us? Any amazing numbers? Well, actually, the first three ingredients are beef, pork, and mechanically separated chicken. I don't know how the beef and pork got off without being mechanically separated, but... <laughs> yeah, that's kind of weird. Impressive. I got to believe the chicken didn't dig whatever was happening. When you're, no. If you're mechanically separated, <laughs> it, it's nothing but a memory at that point. So that's a rough description right up front. Should we guess some sodium levels? I think today's special is sodium levels. This what are we looking at This is sodium heavy. Yeah. Now, this is the at? monster size. This is the monster meat stick, just to... Okay, let's call it let's call it extra large in case the the, the lawyers for the monster meat stick are listening to us. All right, what's the sodium level? What are we looking at? Maybe is it like I don't I'm not going to guess exact sodium, but is it more than like fifty percent of your daily value? No, not quite. It's is thirty thirty nine percent? Thirty nine percent. Still really high. Of your sodium, mm. just under a thousand milligrams. Yep, nine hundred and forty. Oh, Very good. That was really my. good math. No, I no, looked at the label. That? I was just trying to play cool. No, he's not that smart. Yeah, no, nobody. I don't know who would know that. Maybe other than a nutritionist. <laughs> but that is wild. So we got almost a thousand milligrams of salt or sodium. And we have mechanically separated chicken. But the good news is it's 11 mm. grams of protein. Why, sure. And 10% yeah, you know of what? your vitamin A. Yeah. <laughs> there's always, that, uh, there's always mm. that one last... That must be from the paprika. 
Uh, he, oh, okay. There's always that one weird little nutritional thing they cling on to, like, we got vitamin A in this bad boy. There's a lot of iron. Yeah. There's 8% of your iron, which must be oh, from really? the mechanics that are separating the chicken. A little yeah. bit of the iron gets into the A couple food. of pieces. Enough already with the meat stick. I don't want us to get sued. So yeah. let's jump into our What Are You Eating This Week segment. This is our salute to our favorite, better for you, food and beverage addictions. Time's wasting, don't you know? Put something tasty in my old pie. That is, you know what? What's good about that song, Pie Hole? We're gonna we're gonna have today later in the show, the founders of Boomerang's Aussie Meat Pies. So there is a, it all. This show comes Synergy. together. Pie Hole it and it Boomerangs back. Well, I think uh, oh. I don't know about that. We'll have to talk about. <laughs> I'm gonna that go. Later. Yeah, maybe we'll leave that one out. <laughs> all right, here's mine today: the good bean. So I don't know if you guys have noticed there's just a a lot of growth around bean chips, right? Mm -hmm. It's a hot thing, all things bean, mainly because of the protein, the it's an alternative to corn. Yeah, but this the bean chips are hot right now, but these babies are the goods. They taste fantastic. They start with a power protein blend of chickpeas, navy beans, red lentils, and pea protein. So you're getting some good stuff in there just to begin with. And then they add superfoods like sweet potatoes and quinoa. It's dusted with one of five incredible flavors. And when I say dusted, you pull up the chip and you really see it, kind of the dusting of the spice on there, which makes it just extra tasty. Uh, Best of all, they're corn-free, GMO-free, gluten-free. To learn more, visit thegoodbean.com. Linda? My favorite this week is Melanie's Medley's Cream Cheese. Mm -hmm. Say that four times. (laughs) Really? I had no idea cream cheese was actually supposed to taste this way. It's I found some at Central Market here locally. And it is so rich and creamy, and it has no artificial anything in it. Now, I, I contacted the company, and I learned that conventional cream cheese that we're all used to eating um, is actually mechanically separated. There's what, that what word is again. There? Everything's being mechanically mecha- separated. <laughs> How much of our food is mechanically separated? Is I don't even know if that's bad. It sounds disturbing. <laughs> I know. Well, so the conventional brands, like, rip out all the whey protein – and so that's who would taking, want that? Yeah, right. They must be selling it on the side to protein manufacturers. Probably. <laughs> but so the conventional brands only have like two grams of protein per two teaspoon, tablespoons. But Melanie's Medley's has a full eight grams. Good. Wow. So not only does it taste fantastic, it also has uh, a higher level of protein. Um, and then their mix-ins are never heated. So like the the veggies in the in the the veggie flavor. Um, are never heated, so it helps maintain the unique texture, flavor, and color. If you want to learn more, uh, check out melaniesmedleys.com. My favorite item this week is Daily Greens. It's that uh, green juice drink. I love Daily Greens because normally when I drink some of those other popular juice drinks, if you look on the back, it's so much sugar. It has a lot of vegetables, but just the sugar content is crazy. So I discovered Daily Greens. It's a totally different experience. Um, and there's a really great backstory. Shauna, who is the founder, she's actually local here in Austin. Yeah, we want to get her in on the show soon. Yeah, she's amazing. And unfortunately, she had breast cancer. And due to the effects of the chemotherapy and surgery, she was really struggling and looking to change her diet. She did a bunch of research, created Daily Greens as it is today. And happily, she's fully recovered now. And there are a lot of different varieties. My favorite drink flavor is Harmony. It's got celery, pear, apple, kale, lemon, fennel, and ginger. All the drinks are really refreshing. And the sugar content is very reasonable. So you feel good about drinking it. 
Awesome. How do they get? Uh, how do they find out more? You can go to drinkdailygrains.com, and it's at all the local grocery stores. You can find it there. Ryan? Uh, my brand of the week is an absolutely delicious organic coconut-based ice cream called Natamu, oh. based out of here at home in Austin, Texas. Um, great name, I think, for like the lactose intolerant people amongst us, which I am not one of. Jessalyn is, and she was very bitter that I chose this brand. This is I have three different brand or uh, three different varieties in Natamu in my freezer right now. Yep. Yeah, they're it's amazing. amazing. I thought it's it good. would mean more for me though because I'm not even lactose. I have no reason to search for something as an ice cream, but this stuff is so tasty that I just eat it anyway. I mean, it's gluten free. It's vegan. Almost anyone can eat this, and that's why it's an exploding brand. If you want to learn more about them, check them out at notatamoo.com. Awesome. It's time for a break. Those all sound really good. Those I'm are some hungry. four tasty, <laughs> tasty products. Look, when we come back, we will get to the breaking headlines in the world of natural news. You're listening to The Natural Underground. Last week on The Natural Underground. Well, I think we put this off long enough. It's time for our next segment, the Way Too Far Underground Story of the Week, yes. where this week I'm conveniently out of town and I'm going to make you all eat some crickets. What in the world? That's way too far. It's way too far out. That's not cool. What in the world? It's way too far. That's way too far, and it's not cool. We're ready. We're brave people. We're going to do this. We're absolutely brave people. How much protein is in it? Eight grams. Eight grams of protein. If you hear the package opening, this is real. We're not pretending like we're going to eat that this, like so we're going to try them. What does, it look, what does it look like? Linda? Well, mine looks kind of like a brownie. I have a lovely dark chocolate coffee and cayenne, three ingredients that are on the top of my top fave list. All right. Let's, let's try this here. All right. Wow. That's the smallest bite a human being has ever taken <laughs> of, a, of a bar. Sam, what do you think, man? It looks just like a normal bar. You can't tell right. it's any different, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it looks just like all the other date-based bars. I mean, it tastes fine. Um, for me, it's kind of just the, the thought of eating crickets that I'm having yeah. to get over a little bit. But... Mm-hmm. When it really comes to taste and and the sustainability of it. I think it's pretty good stuff. Actually. And you got to remember too, and all these kinds of things. They're to Ryan's point. They're making the powder. They're you know, they're kind of making just the protein out of it into a powder and putting it into a bar. So it really isn't mm-hmm. that different. And if you have an issue with crickets, but you're also eating birds and chicken, you're eating you know cows. Well, the main so, thing is lobsters and crabs. Those are very closely related. They're in the same phylum. Somehow that makes it worse, and I don't know why. <laughs> we're eating, we're eating yeah. little sea crabs. Sea well, lobsters. Not sea crabs. <laughs> sea crabs lobsters. are sea crabs. Yeah, well, I guess honest, that's my land crabs. Honestly, unless you're milling your own flour, you're probably already getting a lot of crickets in any flour. Yeah. Well, now that's, that's Chocolate that's, has a certain acceptability of spiders, right? And it's a pretty high wow. number. Wow. Well, this is good. This had a little spice to it. The, 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 the one cayenne. I described. The cayenne. That was actually really quite tasty. I will say, right. I can taste the cricket in this one. This is the... Um, the cacao one, it's or the Chaco one. How can you taste the cricket? No, I'm serious. At the end, I kind of taste the cricket. A little I mean, note of cricket. Not- Welcome back to the Natural Underground. Every week, we like to head on down to the Underground Newsroom, check in on any breaking news from around the natural world. 
That sound effect means it's time. Man, that is just a sense of urgency. These are breaking, breaking headlines. Well, in this case, the first story, it kind of is. Uh, The sale and the successful sale of one of our favorite brands and selfishly one of our clients, Omega Bar, Boundless Nutrition. Ring the bell. We need a bell sound eventually here. It is to celebrate an entrepreneur who built a natural brand that was successful and has now had a group of investors and even a bigger chance to kind of tell that story uh, around the country. At The Natural Underground, we think this can be a a great thing. It's a good thing when a brand uh, reaches that level of success. So it's a great line of nutrition bars made with grass-fed whey protein. And a part of why this stuff sells so well and wins is it just tastes delicious, right? So for Trevor, the founder, much like Shauna in our previous uh, story, Um, He was building a brand that could help people get healthier. And for him, it was a very personal story, the loss of his sister uh, after a battle with cancer. But he sold the brand uh, this week to Amplify Brands, which is another Texas-based company that owns Skinny Pop and some other great products. Uh, Congratulations to Trevor and the Balanced Nutrition team. Uh, More resources, a lot going on. You're going to see that brand everywhere. Way to go, Omega. And this week, Technavio, a company that specializes in analyzing market opportunities, has released their report, Gluten-Free Food Market in the U.S. 2016 to 2020. I know Technavio. Uh, he lives just down the street from me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We recycle at the Touch Agency, and we recycle jokes. <laughs> That's right. If you had asked me seven or eight years ago if the gluten-free market was going anywhere when it first when it first broke through at Expo West, I would have to say it would be done by now. But they've made vast improvements in the taste and variety of gluten-free items, so much so that they are estimating a compounded annual growth rate of 10% for the next four years. Uh, There's about 20 million consumers of gluten-free products, 18 are medical-based, and a little bit under 2 million because of the health halo. As a matter of fact, one of the top reasons, 35% claim that they eat gluten-free products for the nutritional value. Ironically, the number one gluten-free category is salty snacks at almost (laughs) half a billion, followed by bakery at 425 million. A little bit of cognitive dissonance there. But the good news is if you haven't launched your gluten-free product yet, there is still hope. There's still opportunity. It's funny you said that because back seven or eight years ago, the the dates you were referencing, I can remember joking with people after trying some gluten-free product that I didn't know what gluten was. I'm kind of half kidding, but I didn't know what gluten was. But I know one thing, it was sure pretty tasty because gluten-free was seemed like it was taking taste out of a lot of stuff. Um, as you listen today, and I'm sure for uh, lots of our friends who are gluten-free or certainly brands that are gluten-free, the, the options are 100% in terms of the taste is great, if not better. Uh, the brands are terrific. The assortment variety is terrific. So do not, there is no sacrifice happening if you're gluten-free. If you oh, look absolutely around for the not right anymore. Products. A lot of times I can't even tell the difference. Back when I first started, I was going to wear a t-shirt, I, I heart gluten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Thanks, Linda. <laughs> All right, my breaking news. There's a really interesting study that was conducted by Forrester Consulting via Catalyst Studies. It says 72% of customers trust search engine results to validate products, and 85% of consumers use social media to discover new products. I think that's really amazing. We're always telling brands that SEO and your social media presence is really important. I think the study just validates that. 90% of consumers search for information about a product through a general search. 
And then more interestingly, those people who have searched for a new product, 72% of them implicitly trust the information that they find based on that search engine uh, results. 85% of customers say they use social media for discovering a new product and for considering their purchase. It's totally different now. It's the way people shop. They do the research. They look it up. It's like a whole multi-step process of sort of information gathering and validation before they do it. Right. And that multi-step customer, this I thought the most interesting part of the study, they say that over 50% of consumers who search and also use social media to influence their purchases spent more than $250 online in the last three months and are 9% more likely to act as a brand advocate. I thought that was really interesting. So you really got to hone in on that person who is using a search engine to validate their purchase and is going on social media to see what this brand is all about, what they stand for, who the people are who are creating this product. It's pretty interesting. I'm actually talking about another acquisition like you did, Al. Uh, Clorox acquired a probiotics company called Renew Life. Um, Digestive supplements last year did $10 billion. Probiotics wow. at $1.3 billion, growing 15% on the year before. So if there's any finance people at home, they just sat up in their chairs because that's a hot market. I mean, it is. Well, part of it's aging of America and then people trying to – they're learning the benefit of either digestive enzyme as a regimen. Doesn't Aaron Andrews do that one commercial? Yeah. She I mean, does. people, talking about gut health people are learning that a lot of gut health. 70% of your decides how healthy you are overall really 70% of the of overall or, or overall health no I'm sorry 70% of the immune system your body's Lives immune system starts in your gut I learned that from Aaron yeah. Andrews oh there you go in the commercial <laughs> yeah there you go uh, so Renew Life was bought for 290 million dollars on May 2nd pocket change a couple days ago so we're really up to date on our acquisitions right now this is all this week yep about 2.5 times sales so good valuation yeah for solid something multiplier. that big that's huge for, yeah exactly in our next segment, our What's Taking Root in Natural segment, we like to dig a little deeper into the changing world of frozen convenience foods. Basically, frozen entrees, sides, snacks, things you can kind of heat and eat quickly. The growth is coming from the healthier frozen set. So while you have traditional brands like Lean Cuisine, Healthy Choice, Weight Watcher, Smart Ones, they sort of helped establish that kind of healthier option or at least perceived healthier option within frozen is because they focus on diet or on weight management more than eating necessarily whole natural foods or whole natural foods in moderation. So some of the main players are kind of struggling to keep that message relevant, but Amy's Kitchen, they've paved the way so that now today new brands like Evol, uh, Luvo, Boomerang's Pies, they're all popping up on conventional shelves offering consumers clean, better-for-you options and retailers a boost in sales and penny profit. So after the break, we're going to talk with a couple of our guest entrepreneurs who know a tremendous amount about better for you convenience foods. It's Lance and Jack from Boomerang's Aussie Meat Pies. They'll be joining us when we return. You're listening to The Natural Underground. Welcome back to The Natural Underground. As we mentioned before the break, our guests today know a tremendous amount about a lot of things. Uh, Better for you foods, convenient foods, Australia, the history of meat pies, everything. This interview is going to be tasty and fun. 
We're joined today in the studio by Jack and Lance, the Pie Guys, from Boomerang's Aussie Meat Pies. Trust me when I tell you this is the tastiest show prep I think we've uh, ever done for an interview. I mean, these things are addictive. My personal favorite, the chicken and mushroom. But we'll learn more about that in a minute. Lance and Jack, welcome to the Natural Underground. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. All right, so got to ask you, when you say Aussie meat pies or just meat pies, what is a meat pie? Is it like a pot pie? It's a handheld Aussie meat pie, so it has a short pastry on the bottom. It's about the size of your hand, and it has a flaky puff pastry with layers and layers of uh, puff pastry. Delicious layers. And, oh, they're absolutely – that is what makes the pie. And inside, we have all-natural ingredients. It might have all-natural white meat chicken with mushrooms. We might have uh, white meat chicken and black beans and red and green bell peppers and an adobe sauce, which is our Southwest chicken. So that's what a, a meat pie is. It's an easy, quick uh, meal that you can can pop in the oven or the microwave. So is there, what's the history of the meat pie and is it unique to Australia? How does that work? No, actually the meat pie started back uh, in Roman times. If you would think about it, they would take the pie, the stew of the day, and they would take that and they said, well, what are we going to do with it? So they would put it in a pastry. Uh, and with that pastry, they did it for several reasons. One is it kept the stew uh, protected. Uh, two is it kept it warm as, as a natural yeah, insulator. that makes sense. And then three, they uh, could eat, use it for handheld. So think about being in Rome uh, several thousand years ago, and the Roman soldier or citizen on the street would see a guy in a cart, and he would have the meat pie, uh, and that's how they would have their lunch or dinner, or at the Colosseum. That's what they would eat uh, to uh, to satisfy their taste there in, in original concession-type foods. So you're saying they couldn't stop at a convenience store? Couldn't stop at a convenience store. This was kind of the convenience store item. In other words, it was portable, so you could carry it with you. It was portable. It was easy. And what the Romans did is they basically spread it through their empire. So the Spanish turned it into an empanada, uh, while the British kept it as the traditional meat pie. The British then took it around their empire, and when it got to the American colonies, the Dutch colonists got a hold of it, and they changed a few things. One is they changed the pastry, so it wasn't handheld anymore. And two is they sort of moved it more just to chicken and vegetables, uh, thus the American pot pie. That's the pot pie. You got it. Oh, and that's very where cool. we see it. But in uh, Australia and South Africa and in Britain, you still have that traditional meat pie. And what Jack and I have done simply through our connections and being part of uh, – tied in with Australia is we brought that back to uh, the uh, American uh, colonies, uh, now the United States. Excellent. Very interesting. So – Let's kind of jump ahead for a moment. How did you get your first pie made? I mean, that had to be like you see them, you see them in Australia, but now you want to go make one. Was that hard? And how did that process go? Well, it, it, yes, it was definitely, definitely hard. Let's back up a little bit to how we first discovered the pies. We, we both have Australia ties, as Lance just mentioned. I was working for a high tech company here in, here in Austin. I got sent to Australia for three years. And lo and behold, walking around Manly Beach in Sydney, Australia, my first day, beautiful country, was excited, hadn't reported to work yet, and we were walking away, walking around. My wife was hungry. I wasn't. We, I said, why don't you get one of these meat pies? You know, they're supposed to be, you know, pretty amazing. And Are there little stands everywhere? Is there's, that the there's mom and pop shops. There's franchise little, you know, pie shops everywhere. You can, they're in the frozen section. They're everywhere. That's their iconic meal of Australia. So we'd heard about these meat pies, but never had one. And, and so she walks in, sees on the menu chicken and mushroom. That was the comfort food that she needed, you know, being away from home in a new country. 
And uh, I saw her face when she bit into it, and, and I immediately grabbed it from her, and, and I think I finished <laughs> the rest that. of it. <laughs> and, you know, it was one of those eureka moments that just uh, the light bulb went off in my head. I was just like, wow, these things are incredible. We, we grew up eating Hot Pockets and Pot Pies and all that stuff, and, you know, all the stuff we don't necessarily consume today. And I was like, why aren't these in America? And I just could not get these pies out of my head. And, and as I mentioned, hadn't even, hadn't even reported to work. I knew exactly what I was going to do when you I You were already working on your next business. You <laughs> had reported exactly right. to the job day one, and you're like, I know where I'm going with this. That's right. This is my future. Exactly. So to take it to the United States, and I'm assuming that's your what was your first market, right? Correct. Um, how did you get the pie made? Because I would imagine that there's expertise going on in places like Australia. It isn't that easy just to immediately replicate somewhere in the U.S. Correct. Well, over the over the three years, you can imagine how many pictures of pies and and uh, information on pies that I accumulated. So I came back and had about 200 photos of of pies and four pie tins. And I knew I do enjoy cooking and and you know but i'm certainly not a chef by trade so i went to the cordon bleu academy and hired two instructors and one was a pastry instructor and one was a lagrange in- instructor amy and ahill and and uh, they're a married couple so that made it easy so we spent about nine months in product development and basically i said i ate just a tremendous amount of ate a variations tremendous amount of, of pies. pies uh had all the flavors that you know ideally i wanted had the pictures of what they should look like and and you know hired them to, to make it happen and, and what we did it was a the, the hardest part was getting it handheld because you know americans used their pot pies and that sort of thing so the the crust was the hardest to figure out that was the most intense uh we we got the fillings pretty out pretty quickly but the the crust took the longest and what we did is once we had a product then you know we tried to minimize as much risk as possible you know this is a new concept to america uh certainly to austin and what we did, we set up focus groups. We would set up uh, at 5K races, and anyone that was willing to fill out, a, answer a few questions on the taste, what they thought of the quality, where they would like to buy it, how much they would pay for it, any of those items that we could figure out and make some tweaks that would, would go, was, and, and demographic information as, as well. So anything that we can use that would help us tweak the product enough to where it would it would sell you know in our in our community and 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 beyond is is what we did so we we try to minimize as much risk as as we could and and uh go from there you mentioned the crust when you try these things and jesslyn i think you would agree that the crust is unbelievable Mm -hmm. it's so good it's so good and it's flaky so i think of like a an american pot pie just as sort of a pie crust top, and, and mostly it's kind of flat and uneventful. Where this is truly crusty, flaky, delicious. It, uh, how did how, how important is that to the overall experience? That's uh, extremely important, uh, and that comes from Australia. And I'll, I'll jump back as you heard from Jack on how he discovered the pie. I'm married to an Australian, ah. so I was uh, real quickly. I was uh, back visiting the in-laws. Does she and, call you mate? Uh, no, she doesn't call okay. me mate. <laughs> A few other things, but not mate. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and I was visiting uh, the in-laws, and that evening, which was a Saturday, we were having a party, uh, an engagement party for my sister-in-law. And she, my mother-in-law, said, uh, let me go grab a quick, easy lunch. And uh, she went out, was back uh, 30 minutes later, and had a white bag of these uh, 
Aussie pies. And uh, I had one quickly and, and ate it and was looking for my second one uh, and doing that. And that was sort of my induction uh, to the uh, Aussie pie and a light bulb went off, uh, very similar to how Jack did. And we, we think it was about the same time frame uh, in in understanding uh, what the Aussie pie is. And I was going like, wow, why don't we have these in the United States? Part of that was that flaky crust. Yeah, when totally you, different. When you bite into it in that Aussie pie, it was it was amazing uh, that it just gave that perfect crunch of those layers. And the Aussies take great pride in doing that. And uh, that is a baking technique, basically, that you take our all-natural puff pastry margarine and you fold it into the into the dough. And it's layer after layer, fold after fold. Not easy to do. Trust me. Yeah. We've uh, had many, many a night. You guys have many, many layers, About right? 30, oh, if you can believe. That's, uh, that's that crazy. Are in the, yeah, no, it, that's why it tastes that way. But it's and, almost like two separate types of pastry. Like, the bottom is thicker because it holds it all in. So, does it, like, the, if the bottom were flaky like the top, it would all fall apart in your hand. How do you manage to have that light, flaky top and then the, the more substantial base? Basically, uh, they're two different pastries. On the bottom is our short pastry. So that that's uh, that's what we have on the bottom. On the top is the puff pastry. And again, as I was saying, is we basically fold in the margarine, the all-natural puff pastry margarine, into the dough. And most people don't realize it's sort of like a croissant. When the, that margarine, that all-natural margarine, uh, is in the oven, it boils, and that separates the uh, pastry, the dough, and that creates all the layers so that when you bite into it, you have that crunchy, flaky uh, taste, which is just absolutely brilliant. What you guys have done that's so amazing is you've delivered this incredibly great-tasting snack or meal, right, and yet you use all-natural ingredients. How important was having all-natural in there when you were looking to launch it in the U.S.? Yeah, extremely important because at the time when we were going through the the R and D process, calories were important. Yeah, then sodium was coming, and and now it's sugar. Yeah, you know, yep. and and we we set the goal at the beginning. Hey, let's create a product. The only preservative that we're going to use is cold air, and let's make it as clean as possible. And it, it's it's really done us well over the last few years because you see a lot of companies trying to reverse and try to re engineer their products to make it more natural and it's just not working one you have that brand perception out there already that they're trying to change but we've always started from all natural ingredients uh clean label because you have a much more educated consumer these days when i was growing up you know we didn't look at the back of a of a carton very often and nowadays you have a much more educated consumer mainly driven by the millennials you know they're paying more for product they're buying more natural more organic they're buying on taste and convenience and you know they're they're looking for these items uh, to to suit their needs because they're they're fully aware of of all the stuff that you shouldn't be eating that we used to eat growing up, right? Where so if somebody's interested, let's say we got a listener who already is going insane, they want to right now go buy this. Where do they find it? What section of the store? Well, we're in the, we're in the uh, frozen section of of the grocery stores, and uh, you could find us here locally in Austin at Whole Foods. We started out in Whole Foods. Whole Foods uh, has been a, a great. Uh, partner with us we we uh worked with them a lot in developing the product they had a they had a a a good good uh opportunity to to allow us to use you know some of their vendors whether it was the meat or the proteins or the beef or or really getting us in line with the right right supply process and and uh getting us in line very good you know what we're going to do this is this is interesting it's fun. It's obviously incredibly tasty for us here in the studio, as it should be for you uh, soon at home. We're going to keep these guys uh, over the break. If you want to know more about Boomerang's Aussie Meat Pies, visit their website at 
Boomerang's Pies, and that's with an S, right, guys? Boomerang's Pies. Yes. Yep, that's correct. Dot com. Time for a break. When we come back, more Boomerang's Pies. You're listening to The Natural Underground. Welcome back to The Natural Underground. We are with Jack and Lance, the pie guys from Boomerang's Aussie Meat Pies. Uh, right in the end of our last segment, you talked about where you could buy boomerangs. What retailers around the country? A great question. Uh, we started with Whole Foods and also HEB being our hometown grocers. They have been fantastic partners and really have helped us as a small company and a small brand. Uh, and we're very honored to uh, quickly go uh, nationwide with Whole Foods in nine of their 11 divisions. Wow, that's good. It's a, quite an honor. Be in uh, some grocery chains? And we are in chains across the United States now. You can find us in many of the Safeway brands uh, in Texas. That would be Tom Thumb or Randall's. You can also find us in Kroger here in Texas. Wow. And you can find us in Wegmans up in the Northeast, Publix in the Southeast. So we're just honored to You guys are really, be... uh, really growing like crazy, but uh, it makes sense. If you see it, so what you're looking for is a white box, and it has uh, boomerangs on it, uh, obviously in the pies, but it's almost like a cargo stamp design uh, that you can cannot miss if you look for it in that frozen food set. So I'm curious, you're both having your own sort of pie epiphany, falling in love with these Aussie meat pies. How did you two meet each other and decide to take on this endeavor together? Oh, great question. It was almost fate for the pie guys, I guess. So uh, romantic. <laughs> <laughs> Not in that way. Uh, it, they met in prison. It's, it's, a, it's a pie love affair. Um, so I got back to Austin after spending three years in Australia, living and working there, and, and couldn't get the pies out of my head, like I mentioned. And got back, and, and since, you know, it, it is a startup, and, and getting to the level that we're out now is, is quite capital-intensive. So decided to open up a pie shop called Boomerangs. And so we opened up a, on a little pie shop on the North Drag and, and started doing catering and, and uh, festivals, anything that would gain us the exposure till we could get in, you know, with Whole Foods. And we started out in the prepared food section, that sort of thing. Well, shortly after I opened... Lance came back from Australia talking Aussie pies with everything he knew. He's been in the food industry. Developed an accent. Most of his life as well. <laughs> and uh, lo and behold, he comes across someone that knew me. He said, hey, uh, you need to go meet Jack. He used to, uh, he lived and worked in Australia and came back and opened Boomerangs. And the next day, Lance walks in and, you know, started firing off all these questions. And my guard was down and, and you know, started saying you suddenly everything. suddenly agreed yeah. to it. Yeah. And, and, that's but, what happens uh, when you meet Lance. <laughs> that's right. And uh, anyway, we, uh, we immediately hit it off. We went to lunch the next day and quickly discovered that we had a shared passion for pies. And, uh, you know, from there, you know, the, the rest is history, as they say. And, you know, we just uh, have been uh, growing and building the brand ever since with, uh, you know, keeping our values close to us and, and certainly with who we get to work with us and, and, the, and the, the people we do business with. So it's That's been a great. lot of fun. Let's talk a little started. bit of <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk a little entrepreneurial shop in this final segment. Um, how did you guys pick the name, and you know what was that quick process of making sure you could use it? Because it's kind of, it's sort of a, a, a name that you associate immediately with Australia. Yeah, absolutely. So we, you know, thought it was a, a strong name. Uh, came up with the name in Australia. Unfortunately, we had a lot of people visiting 
from the states and would you know run by the idea would would make them try it pie first and they got all excited and then kind of thought told them of the idea and everyone's excited and then mentioned the name and and it seemed like boomerangs was a strong name easy to remember had some marketing opportunities and you know ties to australia but not too much you know and our tagline is australian inspired american made oh, so we've taken good. the you know we've taken the inspiration from the the handheld pie but americanizes cuz it's very difficult to pick up a a product that's successful in one country and implant it to Just another taste profile whatever's yeah. Yeah, yeah, vegemite got, is probably not the best right you know <laughs> we have a steak and potato but we don't have a kidney pie for example yeah, yeah right. that's those right. like kidney yeah. lovers out there yeah, yeah. so uh, you know the boomerang just kind of stuck and then you know it was short and strong name we thought and and uh, you know, got great feedback on it. it went from there. So you're, you've got the name, you've got it figured out, you got the flavor profiles. How did you did you self fund? Where did you come up with the money to kind of launch it? Well, we we we're still bootstrapping. We we did still self fund at the beginning, and uh, you know, with with our own capital and then and then some debt as well, um, and a lot of sweat equity <laughs> went into oh. this. Um, and and then we've we've done some uh, funding rounds with angel investors. So we've gotten to the stage where we've got some history behind us and and have attracted some really good partners from the investment community here in Austin and throughout Texas as well. Great, Lance. How'd you get in your first store? We got into our first store mainly through Whole Foods. So Whole Foods came to the shop. Uh, they used to eat lunch there. They they loved it and said, "Hey guys, how do we get this in?" And we started uh, originally in their prepared foods area, uh, deli area, prepared foods area. And we were at a grand opening in Whole Foods in Dallas, and we were there. The grocery manager came over for the region, and five times and different occasions, wow. he came in and said, "This product." It needs to be in our all-natural frozen shelf. And uh, after that, we worked with him very closely to uh, develop the packaging, get our USDA certifications, and uh, launch it there. And that's how we uh, kicked off in, in the Whole Foods in the Southwest region. What was it like for you guys? I know you've, you've done other businesses, been entrepreneurial probably most of your lives. What was it like seeing that first time on that first product on the shelf for the first time? Oh, extremely exciting. This is cool. Rewarding. As Jack said, it was a lot of str- sweat equity that yeah. went into it, into the design of the box and getting getting the pie uh, ready and just every aspect of it. It was uh, a labor of love. And to see that on the shelf and then actually be there with consumers and seeing them taste it as we did sampling all the time, we still do, uh, see them have that passion to say, wow, this is incredible, uh, and, and them grab a box or two and sometimes three or four uh, is, is just a real high. What's the? It's a tough question, and we only have maybe two or so minutes left. So I want to hit you with a couple of quick questions. What's the closest you guys ever? Did you ever look up one day, as all entrepreneurs do, and say, "Wow, I don't know if this is going to make it"? And how did you clear that hurdle? What What, what was it? We, well, oh, go ahead. I I, th- I think uh, any entrepreneur can attest to this. You you there's many times you feel that way, you know, because it right. can be overwhelming at times. But I think you really get in year of being solution oriented you know because if someone presented to you at the beginning everything you would have to figure out or deal with you'd run you'd, you'd, you'd walk run away. for the hills yeah. but but you take it as it come and you get very solution oriented and it's real important to have people that are are you know smart that you're surrounding yourself with that helps you with those problems you know and and open communication with that certainly helps perseverance uh is probably the key in any kind of entrepreneurial venture you're always going to be throwing those hurdles those roadblocks and it's how you get over them or under them or around them uh is the sort of definition if you're going to be successful yeah and and boomerangs would certainly not be where we are today without our 
uh, fantastic board of directors, all of our advisors, our sales and marketing team, you know, our, our broker network, that sort of thing. We we really have done a good job of picking out people that are excited and as passionate as we are about pies, and and that's what we'd highly recommend to anyone starting out is get people involved that are as passionate as you are. Uh, last question. What's the big vision? What what do you see? Or even if you just want to talk about maybe a new item that's coming along, where where what's the future look like for Boomerangs? I think that uh, our future is what what we've always wanted to do. We want to bring healthier food to American families, uh, to college students, to students, to individuals, to baby boomers, uh, millennials. And we have that passion to bring that food to them that's quick, easy, convenient to meet their American lifestyle, but that's also good for them. And that's what we're constantly trying to do and we're going to keep that passion and having the highest quality ingredients and the best quality pies that we can possibly make leave our listeners with just a couple of the flavors that they ought to try of boomerangs well we've got our our core flavors steak and potato which is one of our best sellers chicken and mushroom is crowd flavor uh crowd favorite uh, we've got a couple of new ones, mac and cheese pie, oh, which you can get man. here locally in Austin. And that's an organic pasta organic with a all-natural Monterey Jack and cheddar cheese combo with that flaky puff pastry. If you like grilled cheeses, you're going right. to love this I think one. I know what I'm going to eat for lunch. <laughs> and also pepperoni is a new flavor as well. So yeah. the mac which and is cheese. Cool. It's and, like having a pizza and a yeah. kind of together. And those are our gateway pies, if you will. Oh, gateway. <laughs> I'm addicted. You guys are working the streets. That's rough. Uh, this has been spectacular. Jack and Lance from Boomerang's Aussie Meat Pies. Boomerang's Pies, fantastic. Thank you so much for coming in and letting our listeners kind of get introduced to what we believe is about the tastiest thing you're going to find in the store anywhere. So thank you guys so much for coming in. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. If you want to know more about Boomerang's Aussie Meat Pies, visit their website at Boomerang's Pies, and that's with an S, right, guys? Boomerang's Pies. Yep, that's correct. Dot com. That wraps up this week's Natural Underground, brought to you by New Brand University and the Touch Agency, offering integrated brand building to over 100 brands in the Natural Channel. If you have any questions or comments on today's show, or getting your own brand off the ground, email us at info at newbranduniversity.com. We'd love to hear from you. We also invite you to join the Natural Underground community on Facebook at New Brand University. That's our show for the week. Thank you for listening. Thank you to our guest, Jack and Lance from Boomerang's Aussie Meat Pies. Thanks to our team of brand building experts here. We'll see you next week. You're listening to The Natural Underground. <laughs>